Duke Energy will present a Martin Luther King Day of Service on January 21st at the Hendricks County Senior Services on Sycamore Lane in Danville. They are partnering with the Just Be Kids Club to make blankets for homebound seniors. Duke Energy volunteers will also do other facility tasks for Hendricks County Senior Services in addition to the blankets. There will also be a short program to share the importance of Dr. King's message. It all starts at 8 a.m. and ends at 11.30 a.m. More information can be found by calling 317-838-1724. Duke Energy presents Conversations About Living Young with your host, Marina Kears, Executive Director of Hendricks County Senior Services. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Conversations About Living Young. It's good to be back on the radio station here in Brownsburg. My name is Marina Kears. I am the Executive Director at Hendricks County Senior Services. And if you were a listener years ago, or if you follow us in the community, you remember that our mission is to help older adults live as independently as possible in the home of their choice for as long as possible. We do that in a variety of ways, and one of the things that I like to do is make sure people in the community know uh, about other resources that are available so that they can keep their loved one independent. And I know that uh, my guest today also has a very similar passion. My guest is Dustin Ziegler. He's the Director of Community Programs at SACOA, and he joined me today to talk about a new program uh, that is happening here in central Indiana that we are all very excited about. So welcome, Dustin. Thank you, Maria. Yeah, it's good to have you. Dustin is spearheading a program, a project called Dementia Friendly Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I know this started uh, right here in central Indiana and is now officially statewide. And Sakoa is taking the lead for the entire state to make Indiana, a dementia-friendly place to live, which is a huge objective and an exciting project to be in charge of. Uh, Dustin, why don't we start with the basics? Um, People say the word dementia, they think it means Alzheimer's. Um, What is dementia? Let's start there, and then we'll, we'll find out more about what you're up to. Yeah, and that's probably the most common question. What's the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia? Um, and really, it's the way I describe it, dementia is really, it's a symptom, a group of symptoms that describe um, cognitive impairment, like uh, uh, thinking, memory, um, reasoning, judgment, those types of things. And so there's actually a number of different things that can cause the symptoms of dementia. And so I oftentimes compare it to it's like a fever. Mm-hmm. So you can you can have a fever, and the fever is a clinical presentation of an underlying uh, pathological process. So uh, you can uh, a fever could be caused by a hundred different conditions, but the the presentation, the symptom you're presenting is a fever. That's kind of the way dementia is too. So Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia. It okay. represents about 70 to 80% of all the types of dementia. Um, but there's a lot of other different kind of conditions and diseases that can cause the symptoms of dementia. So when we describe dementia, it's when you, when you see in yourself or other ones um, that memory impairment, that judgment, um, not, you know, not being able to concentrate like you used to. 
um, differences between you know differentiating seasons and mm-hmm. different components like that. Uh, re, um, trying to find words that are off the tip of your tongue, but they just can't can't come up. All those different uh, symptoms um, are what we describe as as dementia itself. And so there's Alzheimer's. There's things like Lewy body dementia, mm-hmm. frontal temporal dementia. Um, you can even have symptoms of dementia that uh, fortunately can even be reversed if, if it's treated properly. Mm-hmm. So there's things such as chemical imbalances or hormonal imbalances or even some types of, of uh, treatable conditions that once treated, those symptoms can, can go away. So it's always important uh, to seek professional um, attention as soon as you can when you begin to worry about those Great. types of things. Yeah, so we see that regularly with our clients that sometimes they may be having a memory problem, but it might be related not to a, something that we might call Alzheimer's or long-term dementia, but but a, uh, an acute problem that mm-hmm. if they can get on usually antibiotics or something like mm-hmm. that, then it'll, it'll cure up that, that, that experience that they're having. Mm-hmm. I've heard someone say, you have to tell me if you still find this to be accurate, um, that the time to worry is uh, not when you can't find your keys. So you lose, you misplace your keys, you set them down. That's not the time to worry. Everybody loses things every once in a while. The time to worry is when you look at your keys and you have no idea what they are mm-hmm. or your loved one uh, doesn't remember or recall what to do with their keys once they have them in their hand. Is that inaccurate? Yeah, I would say so. So I think uh, one important thing to consider too, while while we want people to seek treatment and to get help as soon as they can, Mm -hmm. um, if there is something, there could be a chance that it's not anything at all too. So we're all busy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have busy lives. We have stress. And so... um, it's not uncommon at all on a daily basis for us to forget the name of a friend uh, way yeah. back in the day yeah. or uh, to take a while to remember this or that. But mm-hmm. uh, the important thing really is that that memory does come to you mm-hmm. eventually. Um, so with the keys, for example, um, if I misplace my keys, if I'm able to go back and retrace my steps and find those keys, that's completely normal. Mm-hmm. There's no memory issue in that component. Somebody who misplaces their keys and those keys are gone, that, that's when it's time to worry, that that memory never uh, was created to begin with, mm-hmm. A, and B, that they may not have the cognitive abstract capacity to think to themselves, okay, I need to go back and retrace my steps. Right. So it's one thing to put your keys somewhere and then uh, have to retrace your steps and go back and find them. Or it's, it's one thing to walk into a room and think, why did I come in here? I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, yeah. What am I here for? for? <laughs> but um, when it gets to the point that those, that those memories are just absolutely blank and those keys are never found, um, that's when it is time to, to be able to maybe ask some questions yeah. and, and seek, uh, seek some attention from some healthcare providers. And we know, um, we, we've all seen, uh, many of us, I should say, have seen our loved one have that look of panic on their face. They cannot recall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is, uh, you know, not something to be ignored. Abs- mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a good reminder. Um, so I am an individual who's had loved ones with dementia, Alzheimer's, those kinds of things. I see it in people that I care very much about even now. Um, I know I'm not alone in that. So how many people are affected with dementia-related conditions in the United States Mm -hmm. now? Really good question, and I think a really overlooked significant question within our societies. And that's one of the reasons why we're starting this movement. Um, We are at very serious, and this isn't a scare tactic thing. Mm -hmm. It's just the reality of it. we're in a very serious moment in time, and not only in the United States, but around the world when it comes to this. We are 
Uh, dementia itself has been declared an epidemic by the World Health Organization, by the National Institutes of Health, and by some other globally recognized institutions. Um, so right now, statistically, there's about five and a half million people with the disease, and that is projected to triple over the next couple of decades. Right. Even with that said, and even with that being an epidemic as we speak, what's alarming is that we're only at the forefront of all this. So um, the biggest risk factor for conditions like Alzheimer's disease is age. Mm -hmm. And so we have this combination, particularly in the United States, where we have the oldest or the, the, the largest of our population is also becoming uh, the, the oldest and we're living longer than we ever have. So it's this compound effect of living longer, plus it's our largest population while we're seeing such uh, epidemic levels. That is actually only to consider those who have been diagnosed. So there's plenty of, I, I would say that the number is probably very much higher than that. Um, and one personal angle that I take with this, we're just talking about the person who has the condition. Mm -hmm. But um, I've always kind of taken the, ang the angle and described this condition as at minimum a two-person disease. You have the person who, yes, has, has the disease, um, but then oftentimes you have a spouse or a family member who's the family caregiver of the person with the disease. And that family caregiver role for a condition like dementia is, can be so stressful and consuming that it actually, uh, people who are caregivers develop their own health consequences mm -hmm. and, and, and suffer from health issues. So, um, and that's all related in one way or another to dementia. So mm -hmm. really it's, it's, it's a... It's prevalent. It's very challenging, um, and we have a we have a big challenge on our hands mm -hmm. that's only um, going to grow in in its in its scale going forward. Right. We are seeing he in in Hendricks County, uh, our agency has gotten. Um, we, we believe that we're getting more phone calls from people that we're calling young seniors. Uh, you know, it is not uncommon for us to hear from a couple who's 85 or a family caregiver from an individual who's 85 and they have dementia. But it all, it, it shakes us all when we get that phone call from a woman who is calling about her husband or vice versa and they're 65, 67, mm -hmm. uh, younger than 70. And we're seeing how that impacts their life pretty dramatically at mm -hmm. that young age of uh, sometimes they're just starting this this new phase in life called retirement or whatever um, and then they're really confronting this very serious disease that's really changing their lives and it doesn't matter if you're 85 or 65 they all want to have a good quality of life and these mm -hmm. caregivers are asking for help so that they can continue to live a, a good life with this person that they care so much about spouse you know, or, or if it's their son or daughter calling us. Um, and that's one thing that I love about um, the uh, vision that you've cast for dementia-friendly Indiana is that um, that we would be able to, as a community, give hope to these individuals who have had this truly devastating diagnosis and they aren't sure where to go and how to get help and then what their next step should be. Um, uh, and we 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 can all play a big role in helping them um, feel feel a little bit more supported as they mm -hmm. go along. So what's the what's the history of the dementia friends movement? It's actually pretty young mm -hmm. in, in nature. So um, <clears throat> in Indiana, we started this in August of 2017. Um, 
In the United States, it's only been around for a few years, mm-hmm. but actually this is something that's going on around the rest of the world for quite some time. Places like Japan and in Europe and even Australia have been at this for, for quite a while. Um, we are seeing it in the United States now. Um, when, when we adopted this, it made Indiana the 10th state in the United States when Sokoa became the administrator for this to develop a plan for a statewide dementia-friendly state. Um, and now our, our goal through the, the national level is to actually have all 50 states yeah. in the next three years um, be uh, what we would call a dementia-friendly state. Um, and this started for a lot of the things uh, that we've just discussed already. Mm-hmm. So a huge, huge prevalence of this, of this condition that's only going to grow in mm-hmm. nature. It's very complex. There's no cure. Um, and it's one of these things that whether people recognize it yet or not, it's not just an older adult yeah. disease anymore. This affects everybody in one capacity or another. Um, and so the challenge that we face with that, though, despite the prevalence of this condition, it's very, very misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the misunderstanding, because of that knowledge gap about exactly what dementia is, along with that has come a lot of stigma mm-hmm. with the condition. Mm-hmm. And then that stigma... Um, and those misconceptions lead to people who are living with the condition themselves, who are caring for somebody with the condition, to become isolated and withdrawn. Because A, they don't think that even their own family and friends um, understand exactly what this condition is, how to interact with them anymore, um, which, which is actually kind of true. Mm-hmm. And, and our communities as a whole feel, can be com- feeling uncomfortable because they don't know how to engage or they, they have misconceptions about, um, about, the, uh, about the condition. So with that, what we're trying to do with this movement is kind of turn all that around. Um, it's really two things that we're focused on with this. It's, it's better education and understanding about dementia as a whole so that the average person knows what dementia is. We get people talking about it more, which will reduce that stigma. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is to take action to do something about it. So mm-hmm. to, to create dementia-friendly environments so that these families can continue to go to their favorite restaurants mm-hmm. or to go to the museum or their church mm-hmm. or whatever it may be so that they can maintain that um, engagement with our, in our communities and our family and friends, um, which in and of itself is one of the best things we can do. The other side of that, too, for our communities at large is why, why wait until this becomes such an epidemic that we have to react yeah. to it? Yeah. Let's get ahead of this now. Um, just because there's no cure doesn't mean that these folks can't have a great, great quality of life and remain engaged and welcomed within their mm-hmm. communities. And the, and the sooner our communities and businesses and institutions um, of all settings begin to create more welcoming and conducive environments for people, it's going to be better off better off for everybody. We want to get to the point where I have dementia, but I don't care. Right. Right. And you, I mean, really practically, you can think about a caregiver that if they're concerned about taking their loved one into public, a situation where they may be embarrassed by something that's said or done, or uh, even, you know, we have people say, well, we can't go out to eat anymore. Uh, Why not? because my my loved one can't order for himself. They they don't want to take away his dignity or their dignity by ordering for them. Uh, they don't want their loved one to um, make the waitress feel awkward by asking, uh, you know, multiple times the same questions. Mm-hmm. So they stay home, and then they miss out on something that they truly enjoy doing together, um, getting out. And that doesn't just uh, affect the quality of life of the individual with uh, dementia, 
but that family, that caregiver who can't get out, who can't yeah. be around other people. And um, I've often said that isolation is the cruelest form of punishment. I mean, mm-hmm. when when a child misbehaves, you put them in timeout and isolate them. Mm-hmm. When you're the worst kind of criminal, you go into solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. Well, our caregivers and our folks with dementia deserve better than that. They, yeah. do, they need to be out in the mm-hmm. community around people who love them. Yeah. Or at least want to be near them, and so um, we can we can um, I think all do better. And this is a good uh, way to encourage people and give some really practical tips for um, for changing their own environment, the environments that they mm-hmm. can impact, but also just their own behavior. Um, quite simply, I think if people know more, then they you know better, do better, right? So right. you can yeah. you can. Um, really make some really practical changes. And I love that that's what the dementia friends um, classes teach or the, the um, workshops teach. Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk about a little bit um, what w- this, this started in central Indiana and it kicked off in Hamilton County and in Marion County. Um, what are some really practical things that people chose to do differently um, after participating in a dementia friends workshop? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's great about this, too, is that there's a lot of practical things you can do that you don't have to move mountains to right. do. Um, and I, I think you hit it on the head that the very first thing right now of all of this is just awareness and mm-hmm. understanding, uh, getting people to talk about it, to recognize it. Um, and if we just start with that, you know, th- this movement seeks to provide the basics of mm-hmm. dementia education, mm-hmm. but the basics are also the most crucial to know when it comes to this right. condition. So you don't have to be a renowned expert to know how to co- have a conversation with somebody with dementia mm-hmm. or understand the perspective of a caregiver or somebody with dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we, when we take people, when we, when we encourage people to take actions mm-hmm. at the very, very forefront of all of this, whether it's you as an individual or you as a community, or a business, a church, whatever, um, you you can't be dementia-friendly unless there's that education and yeah. welcomeness. Um, it doesn't matter what your environment is. When somebody walks in the door, if they don't understand the basics of the condition, understand the perspective of what somebody with dementia is going through and their loved one, um, and, and have just kind of steps in place to better handle yeah. that, then you're not dementia-friendly. Mm-hmm. So at the very forefront, which doesn't cost a dime, is better under understanding and education about mm-hmm. about dementia friendliness. So, this condition, because of the nature of it, affects every single community sector. Mm-hmm. So every single community sector can play a role. Um, so at that forefront is um, is is just the education and mm-hmm. welcomeness. Now, depending on what community sector you may be, other practical uh, applications may may differ. So if you're a fire department, that may look very differently than if you're a restaurant or a bowling alley or or whatever it may be. But taking the fundamental approaches. So there's the the basic education, but then there's, you know, there there can be some environmental components of it too, Mm -hmm. where um, you reserve or or you take in consideration places that are a little bit more quieter Mm -hmm. within an area. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, like the restaurants. If, If a restaurant can simply just create an area that when they know that they have a party with dementia, um, it might be a little quieter, a little less distra- distracting. Maybe the menu is simpler. Mm-hmm. 
and maybe they have a waiter or a waitress who has just a little bit more knowledge about the condition, mm-hmm. serve them. Just mm-hmm. little steps like that can go a very, very, very long way mm-hmm. in, what, in what we're trying to do with all this. I uh, have a grandmother with dementia. I took her out for lunch. She lives out of state. And uh, the restaurant that was recommended for us to go to couldn't have been better for mm-hmm. us to enjoy our lunch because it was very quiet. Mm-hmm. There weren't a lot of people around to distract our conversation. Um, the waitress was very patient. They hadn't gone through any training, but they had, um, and and they didn't know that that my grandmother had dementia. They might have figured it out by the end of the meal, but mm-hmm. um, those kinds of things are very helpful. And to know it ahead of time that people have been proactive mm-hmm. in planning an environment that worked for us to enjoy our time together would make make me feel good. Would make the rest of the family feel good, you oh, know, yeah. and it would make the community look look great um, as being a supporter. And I know Dustin, you and I have had this conversation. There are so many um, diseases, conditions, wh- whatever we want to call them, in our communities that we have already decided as a community that we're going to take steps so that we can be kind and supportive. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I to me, I, I've often thought of this and it's very similar to autism, mm-hmm. that as a community, as a, as a culture, we've decided that we're going to be patient and understanding and recognize the signs and symptoms that a, a person a child or an adult might have autism and that we would be respectful and not intervene in a way that would be harmful to the caregiver maybe or to cause more disruption. Um, And so I think having those same mindsets, if we can do this for kids who need quiet spaces and Mm -hmm. sensory, uh, limited sensory experiences, then we can do the same thing for older adults um, Mm -hmm. who maybe would would desire the same. And then now, great, we have two environments, one that works for folks with, with autism or similar uh, condition, and then you have an, and the same environment that works for somebody with dementia. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's a lot of crossover with with, mm-hmm. with all of that um, when it comes to autism mm-hmm. and, and other components and other conditions that this is really welcoming to. I mean, just in general, I mean, we can't lose fact that one of the biggest components of all this is the sheer prevalence of it. Yeah. I mean, we're not just talking a, a handful of people. This right. is this is getting harder and harder to identify somebody who can't say that they either directly or indirectly know somebody or are personally been affected by um, by dementia, mm-hmm. and again, that's only going to continue to grow. Right. Um, and another beauty when it comes to dementia friendly is if you're dementia friendly, you're 99 percent age friendly already. Yeah. So you're kind of hitting those two birds with one stone mm-hmm. as well with with all this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's been some really uh, neat projects that uh, you and I have talked about that that restaurants, that businesses, that museums, and other places have have adopted to mm-hmm. make their environment good for everyone. Yeah. And um, I really like um, I like seeing that continue to grow, and I'm excited that um, there's a goal to have all 50 states mm-hmm. take part in that as well. So, um, in the time that we have left, I think it makes a lot of sense uh, to to tell people if they're interested, or if they might know someone in a different community who mm-hmm. who might be interested in becoming a dementia friend, and that and that simply means going through the class, the one mm-hmm. hour class, and then committing to some action, either personal or maybe mm-hmm. a step beyond personal. So you don't yeah. have to, like you said, there's no commitment to move a mountain, but it could be, mm-hmm. okay, the next time I'm behind someone at the bank who is taking longer than I might have time for, I'm going to be mm-hmm. patient because perhaps, um, it's taking them longer to process the questions the teller's asking mm-hmm. than it takes me. Yeah. Um, so those kinds of things are, are practical, really practical, mm-hmm. um, 
steps. So one hour class plus a personal commitment that makes yeah. you a dementia friend, right? Yeah, basically, um, you you become a dementia friend through going through the info session, mm-hmm. and um, and that's really the beginning, though. So you, mm-hmm. it, because this is a movement, so it's not we don't want it to be just okay. I learned that information, and now I'm done. We want it to be okay. I learned this information. Now what am I going to do to advance the movement? To, um, to make our communities a little bit better when it comes to this. So what's exciting and cool, what we like about this is it's, you can really use your imagination mm-hmm. with it too. I mean, at the end of the day, it really just comes down to that awareness and education and taking action. So what can you do to create awareness? Um, what can you do to get other people talking about mm-hmm. it? Um, so it's, it's very exciting. Um, you, you can be very, very simple. It can be very large in nature, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever um, people feel most comfortable with. And, but that's what's great about it. Everybody can do, can do, can do something. Um, and right now we are kind of at this stage where just simple awareness, getting people to talk about mm-hmm. it. Um, and that might not take, might not take a lot. And, and the info sessions are nice because they're designed to be very quick, but very, very impactful mm-hmm. where you really actually walk away with the perspective of what somebody with dementia is going through. Yeah. Um, so just taking that and, and, and moving it forward and people can uh, learn a little bit more about it. It's just dementiafriendsindiana.org. Okay. Um, it is administered through Sokoa, so they can also contact Sokoa um, here in central Indiana. And um, like you mentioned, as this continues to expand through central Indiana and the whole state, we really look forward to seeing where it goes and all the exciting things that happen. And uh, we're already leading the country in yeah. a lot of aspects with this movement, too. So it's yeah. nice to have Indiana kind of be the spotlight um, to show the model that the, that's how you do this. Look to Indiana. That's, yeah. They're doing it right. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've played a big part in that. So thank you for your work thank on you. it. Um, in Hendricks County, um, we uh, were happy to accept the invitation from Sokoa to spearhead here, the Dementia Friends Hendricks County uh, movement. And uh, I love this community. And I know that we can become the most friendly, a uh, dementia friendly inv- uh, community in central Indiana and across the state. So um, that's our personal goal at Senior Services is to uh, spread the awareness as broadly as we can and help people. Um, really get to those creative solutions that work for them, for their neighborhood, their uh, business, whatever that might be. Um, we post, when we're hosting a workshop, we do post that on our Facebook page, but there is uh, Hendricks County Senior Services Facebook page. There's also Dementia Friends Indiana Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So um, there are opportunities to attend workshops all over the state, literally all over the state, um, but plenty here in your own community and in Hendricks County. And um, anyone that's interested in having a workshop come to them could contact, if it's in Hendricks County, you can contact Senior Services here, or if it's somewhere else, contact Sokoa. Would that be a good appropriate next step? If yeah, absolutely. You Sokoa wanted, or okay. just DementiaFriendsIndiana.org. Great, great. Um, you know, there are, um, as Dustin said, I've had training on dementia and yet still walked away from the one-hour Dementia Friends workshop with a takeaway. Mm-hmm. Something that I just didn't realize uh, that I could be doing better or that would improve my communication with a person with dementia. And so um, everybody can learn something. I've talked to, actually, at the the first Dementia Friends workshop I attended, there was an, a woman there who had been involved in healthcare, and she said, I never received any training on dementia, mm-hmm. so this was really good. <laughs> Really good yep. and helpful. Um, so even individuals that we might assume have been trained have not, and this mm-hmm. would work for you as well. So 
Uh, Dustin, thank you for your time My pleasure. Yeah, and thank you, joining joining me here and sharing and doing what you're doing to spearhead this movement. I know it's going to make a big difference. Uh, as I mentioned, if anyone has questions about um, Hendricks County's dementia-friendly Hendricks County program, uh, Sokoa's dementia-friendly Indiana and Dementia Friends Indiana, there's a lot of great information uh, on social media. Um, you can call the Senior Center. Our number is 317-745-4303. Ask for Marina. I'd be more than happy to talk with you and see what we can do to make Hendricks County the most dementia-friendly community in the state. Um, thank you for joining us on Conversations About Living Young. It's good to be back on the radio, and I look forward to next month sharing with you about uh, women's heart health. It's February is Women's Heart Health Month, and we'll be uh, speaking with Dr. Gill from IU West, and he's going to be providing some great tips on keeping our hearts healthy. So enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you so much. Good night. This has been Conversations About Living Young with your host, Marina Kears, Executive Director of Hendricks County Senior Services. This program has been presented by Duke Energy. Duke Energy will present a Martin Luther King Day of Service on January 21st at the Hendricks County Senior Services on Sycamore Lane in Danville. They are partnering with the Just Be Kids Club to make blankets for homebound seniors. Duke Energy volunteers will also do other facility tasks for Hendricks County Senior Services in addition to the blankets. There will also be a short program to share the importance of Dr. King's message. It all starts at 8 a.m. and ends at 11.30 a.m. More information can be found by calling 317-838-1724.